targeting tumors with submillimeter precision. Call 513-585-UCCC to learn more. Southbound 75, brake lights through Sharonville and through Lachlan. Southbound 71, that shut down in Fayette County due to an accident between 35 and 72 below Jeffersonville. East 275's ramp to southbound 75 shut down in Erlanger. Chuck Ingram on 55KRC, the talk station. 831, Friday Eve. It is that time of week I always look forward to. I heard media aviation expert Jay Ratliff for another aviation conversation. Unless it takes a turn and we start talking about the markets. Welcome back, my friend. It's always great having you on. Hey, with your curveballs, it could go in any direction, <laughs> but I'm ready for you. I know you are. That's why I love talking to you. We can talk about anything. I am buckled up and ready to go. Talk so about fire Hunter, away. Hunter Biden's plea deal. Now, I just <laughs> I will tell you, you know, I just got off the phone with a guy named Richard Battle about his book, The Unopened Present, and hearing him uh, he's a very spiritual guy, very uplifting guy. He's got great life messages. And I'm telling you, I'm honest with you, and I'm not blowing smoke up your skirt, Jay. He reminded me a lot of you. I, I'm just. Oh, wow. Yeah, it really did. Because you always have these uplifting messages when you post on social media. I know you to be a very spiritual man. You, you love your wife, you love your family. It's just, you know, he, it's, he made me think of you. So um, a great book. It sounds like an awesome book for folks to get, especially uh, parents with new children. Anyway, not to get on that road. Here I am staring at this article, Jay. Here's the first curveball, and I know you know all about it because we've talked about pilot shortages and demands. Boeing, here is the headline. Boeing predicts 20-year demand for 649,000 pilots. In addition, they say they're going to need a staggering 2.3 million skilled workers over the next 20 years to meet the growing demand for air travel. Is that, does that sound right? 649,000? Well, I mean, well, worldwide over a long period of time, yeah. Because right now, as of today, we're 17,000 pilots short and we're 13, 14,000 mechanics short right now, today. Oh, I hate that so, second figure, Jay. I hate hearing that well, one. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we're not fixing airplanes. It just means that we have, you know, 30-some thousand openings for skilled uh, individuals. And right now we can't fill the demand. And, you know, when you have skilled positions and a time when you've got the demand for travel that's outpacing right now the ability to keep up with these openings. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we're expecting the demand for travel to double over the next decade I mean, it's a problem. I mean, you know, when you have United Airlines first officers that won't take upgrades to captain because they prefer quality of life over more money, it reflects why airlines are having the the challenges that they are uh, as far as trying to fill a lot of these positions. And look, they, they have hundreds of airplanes that are on the sidelines, and airlines are desperate to get those silver revenue tubes back into the sky, especially now when the demand is there. But the bottom line is until they can push forward, you know, yeah, can Boeing and Airbus keep up with the demand? No, they can't, but they're going to do the best they can. Can airlines keep up from a hiring standpoint? And they've already proven coming out of the pandemic, they've not been able to do it. And right now, because the airlines are, are operating with this uh, reduced number of personnel, the bozos in their scheduling department are still kind of pushing forth a schedule that is a little bit too unrealistic to the Department of Transportation. And Pete Buttigieg and others at the Department of Transportation are saying, look, we're looking into this. And if you as an airline are putting forth a schedule that you say you can provide and you do not have the staffing complement to pull it off, 
there's going to be consequences. Now, again, I'm not saying I am the president of the Pete Buttigieg fan club. I am not. <laughs> but I, I am that. definitely saying I appreciate the fact that the administration is trying more than any other administration I can ever remember to hold the airlines accountable. And I like that because, look, if you only have so much staff, you can only operate so many flights. Once you start scheduling beyond that, you are asking for problems. And unfortunately, who pays for that? We as customers do. And when we pay for our, re our reservations in advance, and this is the DOT's position, you're collecting money from people that you know a percentage of them, you're not going to be able to deliver that service. That's wrong. That is wrong. And real quick before we take a break here, um, the mechanic needs, I, that, that sounds like a great career opportunity to me. That's a good paying oh. job, I have to imagine, Jay. Oh, it, it, is a, it is an incredible job. Now, obviously, you're exposed to the elements. Look, you might be in Bismarck, North Dakota, trying to fix an airplane in the middle of January, so it's not the most cushy of jobs. But to me, those men and women are critical. I mean, they're, they're the heroes. Yeah. Because when you look at the safest era ever of commercial jet travel that, that we're, we've ever experienced here in the United States, safer here than anywhere, that doesn't happen by accident. You've got pilots that are well-trained, aircraft that are well-built, and mechanics that are doing an incredible job in making sure that, uh, yeah, they can be a bit of a stickler for detail, and it can be aggravating when you're trying to turn an airplane fast, but they know their job, and they're keeping people safe, and they are, of the many, many of the unsung heroes of commercial aviation. Um, you know, I always hold my breath when I see a mechanic visiting the cockpit on a flight we're about to leave. I'm like, no. oh, no, what's wrong? <laughs> but they're doing their job, and, and believe me, uh, I'm, I, for one, am very, very appreciative of the job they do. Well, career opportunity for young people out there, a mechanic for air. That sounds like, actually, that sounds like a great job to me. Uh, I would, no, it, it is. It, yeah, I, I, you're, I wouldn't You're out mind. there on your own with your tools, working. Nobody's over your shoulder. You're your own. You know, you still have a deadline, and you have to work a little bit under pressure. But, you know, a lot of the schools have got the joint vocational schools, the career centers that in high school, you can begin the process of learning how to become an aircraft mechanic. And yeah. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's an incredible opportunity for people. That's a career opportunity and a half. Jay Ratliff, we'll pause for a minute. I've got a couple of stories to talk with you about. And uh, major airlines fighting back against proposed AMS. Joey, have you ever been in a, in a Turkish prison? No, he's been in a cockpit. Appreciate you changing it up, Joseph. Brian Thomas with iHeart Media Aviation Expert, Jay Ratliff. Jay, um, they turned the plane around because some idiot, I don't know if you saw this, New York City flight to Guyana. They had some rude passenger who was treating the uh, the flight attendants with a significant level of disrespect. First off, he asked him to help mm -hmm. him with the, uh, his getting his baggage up on top. And um, he said, uh, well, no, I don't do that. I don't get paid that kind of money, but if you don't like it, there's always another airline, is what this guy said to the flight attendant. And later, that same flight attendant, who's a guy, um, asked him if he wanted beverage service. And his this jerk's response, he asked me if I wanted something to drink, but I didn't respond because I didn't want to cause a scene. Don't know what that means. And he asked again, and I said, no, thank you, waiter. Crew member uh, then responded that he did have the power to turn the plane around. His The guy's response, you must be God, so you do it. And they did. They turned the damn plane <laughs> oh, around. All they have to do is go to the captain and say, we've got an unruly passenger. And if it's the lead flight attendant telling the captain that, the captain is most of the time going to say, okay, we're going to divert, we're going to return, we're going to get this person off the plane. And that individual will probably be banned from flying that airline for a period of time, life, I don't know. but And that's one of the reasons airlines have, have indicated to me they're reluctant 
to share the, the no-fly list. Because if you have a personality clash, should that prevent me from flying every airline for three or four years, whatever that penalty happens to be? And I, I understand there's a subjective nature to stuff like that, but you know, when the line is crossed, when there's a physical altercation, when somebody gets shoved, pushed, hit, whatever, that yeah. to me is when it's a no-brainer. That kind of list needs to be shared across the board so people can't fly you know, for five, 10 years, whatever it might happen to be after committing something like that. Well, and I will acknowledge the reporting indicates that they ultimately apologized to him and gave him 10,000 double uh, A advantage miles or American airline advantage miles because it, they, I guess the airline viewed it as an overreaction. But I, I, I brought this up only because I know how much respect, going back to the mechanics, I know how much respect you have for the flight attendants. They're not waiters. Oh, yeah. They're not flying waiters. And it irked me that this guy had the audacity to belittle someone in that capacity that way. Well, just look at uh, Google whenever you have the chance, the miracle in Toronto is an Air France flight that landed and look at the remains of the aircraft. And it's, it's a shattered shell after it, it was engulfed in flames, nothing left of the airplane. And when you look at that, you're going to think, did anybody survive? And you'll see that every single person survived because the flight attendants who are highly trained got everyone off that aircraft with many of the exits blocked in less than 90 seconds. So they're an incredible, incredible group of individuals that, yeah, deserve a lot more, a lot more respect than they ever get from us. They're there to save my life. Yeah. And the idea that I'm going to treat them with disrespect, how much of a horse's ass can you be to take that kind of an approach to somebody that's there doing the best they can, having people snap their fingers at them? Amen. That's why I brought the story up, because I know how passionate you are on that issue. So oh, yeah. don't be that guy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we got climate change entering into the equation. What's with the uh, cutbacks to proposed Amsterdam flights? <sighs> Well, you have, you know, airplanes are bad. Airplanes kill the planet. We need to have nobody flying around or much fewer flights. And Amsterdam, with 500,000 total operations, they're, they want to scale that back to 460,000, eliminate 40,000 departures out of Amsterdam uh, because of climate change. This is the first of what is being considered many steps in that direction. So in Europe, you have this climate change mentality that says, okay, airplanes are bad. Let's reduce the number of flights. And now you have airlines like KLM, Delta United, and a bunch of others that are actually appealing this to the Dutch Supreme Court. Now, the one that makes me kind of, hmm, is KLM. This is the airline that's based in Europe, been around for 100 years. KLM, a couple of years ago, had that Fly Responsibly campaign you and I talked about. Mm -hmm. It's on YouTube. You're not going to believe it. But yeah, they actually put out a promotion because of climate change saying it, it, you might want to reconsider your next flight. Maybe it's not needed. Take a train, do a phone call, put it on. In other words, don't fly. That was the campaign they had. Don't use our services because it could kill the planet. Well, now that same airline is taking Amsterdam to, to court. And the concern <laughs> here for me yeah, it's a, the, the, the hypocrisy there is, is certainly not lost on me and a lot of other people. But, Brian, if, if Amsterdam is successful in keeping this as, as a, uh, an established policy, the focus is then going to be on every other, other, every other airline in Europe, or every other airport, excuse me, in Europe, to do the same thing. It's a lot like here in the United States and other places, and you talk about this all the time, and I love it, is as if a company is is uh, got pressure applied to them by whatever group to adopt whatever crazy position it might happen to be, the moment they do, other companies then become targets. Why aren't you doing what yeah. 
you know, the Budweiser's and the Disney's and the other people are doing, because don't you care about this cause or that, they're forced into, you know, complying. Yeah. And that would spread like wildfire across the country, uh, Europe. And obviously here in the United States, it's fertile territory for that kind of thinking. And at a time when you have the demand for travel going through the roof, it's nuts. And Amsterdam is a great airport because people going to, to uh, London and, and England use Amsterdam a lot as the airport to go to. They'll take the ground transportation and, and hit uh, England because it's a low-cost alternative to the higher mm. London Heathrow and, and Gatwick airports. So by reducing the amount of flights into that discounted airport, you're really impacting consumers, and that's a bad thing. It is, and then we ultimately going to find out that who gets to fly if the flights are limited but the demand is still out there? What are they going to do, issue lottery tickets, or are only the elite worthy people going to be allowed to fly? We'll just let that rhetorical question float out there. Uh, Jay mm-hmm. Radliff, man, tennis ball size hail, the damage done to that airplane, the picture you sent me, I could not believe that. This is a Delta flight from Milan to New York, and they weren't in the air very long before they started hitting severe turbulence. Now, severe turbulence is so bad that the crew could temporarily lose control of the aircraft. Now, you're at altitude. There's no danger, but it's certainly uncomfortable. Well, not only that, then they started getting into a hailstorm, and the hail sizes, some of these were tennis ball size, and they tore a hole in the nose of the aircraft, punched holes in the wings, battered both engines. Oh. They declared emergency, landed in Rome. In, in Rome, Brian, when you look at the picture of this aircraft, it looks like it just returned from a bombing run over Berlin in World War II. It did. I mean, it is it is torn to shreds. I can't believe and it could a fly. And a great job by the crew for landing that airplane, or what was left of it, in Rome had 215 passengers, eight flight attendants, I think uh, three pilots. And boy, they, they did a great job. And I mean, I've been through a lot of turbulence. I've never been through a serious hailstorm, but the people I've talked to say the sound is deafening oh. as th- they're being pummeled with all of that, the hail. And of course, if you're a little anxious of a flyer to begin with, <laughs> that's not going to help. Well, I was just going to say that's 200 plus people who had to change their shorts when they got off the plane. Oh. Uh. Oh, my yep. God, the horror that that would be like. And, and, folks, if you're out there, if you can find the picture of that, you are not going to be able this thing was able to fly or at least land as damaged as it was. And mm-hmm. as we always do, Jay Ratliff, we'll end on hub delays. How's it looking out there? I know it's hot as hell. Does that impact flights? And I know weather is another topic of conversation with hub delays. Yeah, the heat does because if it's too hot on certain airports, uh, you could be limited by the amount of weight that an aircraft can take on before it takes off because you need a longer stretch of runway to get an airplane off the ground in extreme heat. So a lot of times you'll see on some smaller airplanes, they have to limit the passengers and or luggage to accommodate what they can take off as far as their maximum takeoff weight. But as far, but a lot of times that's for smaller aircraft, the, the smaller regional jets, not so much the larger ones, although there are times that can come into play. But today, Miami and Fort Lauderdale are going to be the issues with a lot of thunderstorms. But, you know, the pop-up thunderstorms in the afternoon and evening. I mean, at Cincinnati the other day, the airport ramp was closed for like two hours because we had lightning in the area. And when a lightning uh, comes down, everything shuts down for 15 minutes. So you don't expose any of the ground crew to danger. But if you have another lightning strike a few minutes later, it resets that 15-minute clock. And we're seeing delays like that across the country that you really can't predict. You're just kind of in the middle of it. And, again, that's another reason that my wife and I, when we fly – Try to grab that first flight out in the morning, especially this time of year, because of all those late-day thunderstorms that can really create problems. 
Another reminder, get the first flight out. Jay Ratliff, IRBD aviation expert, just said <laughs> the flights today are kind of like uh, high school football games, I guess. <laughs> Lightning Yeah, delays. wear your pads when you fly. That's a good idea. You uh, might, uh, might survive it a little bit better. <laughs> Keep your seatbelt buckled. Jay, al- always a pleasure, my friend. I really enjoy our conversations. Wish you the best of health, you and your beautiful bride. 